Welcome to High Five for Hemp. My name is Martin Lindescope, and today I have a new guest and a co-host, sidekick, whatever you call it, Adam. Hello, welcome. Hey there, Martin. How are you today? Thanks. Great. And you? I am very well, thank you. In sunny Southern California, San Diego to be exact. Actually, the town of Ramona, which yeah. is about as compartmentalized as you can get. <laughs> state within a state within a state. It's all a state of mind. But it's a pleasure for me to be here talking with you this morning or Great. afternoon yeah. or wherever we are on this big yeah, Here it's evening, so we have a bit of time difference here. So that's great, but we could cover all different time zones. And from the get-go, we could say that I was planning this podcast back in, in the day or around 4.20 as a symbolic thing. And then it ended up with a trailer. And then I talked about this and I have a live broadcasting show on HAPS. And you have was too. Could you tell a little bit about your background? Before I get into yeah. uh, my background, I just want to clarify some of the things you just said there. You yeah. had mentioned something called HAPS. Yes. And I think many people who listen to this might not know what HAPS Correct. is. What is HAPS? Can you explain that for us? Yes. It's like you could say live streaming service or broadcasting service, but you're doing it live. One thing about uh, like about it distribute to other destinations that you have, for example, YouTube or Facebook. So there it could be live at the same time and then archive and also on Twitch and Twitter. And another neat feature with HAPS is it seems to be a very nice community. So you could reach other content creators. So HAPS is like a broadcasting platform for live streaming. And then you could go back and uh, watch uh, the replay also. So, so HAPS is like Periscope, would you say? I know Twitter canceled yeah, Periscope. Yeah, so that, that was one of the destinations you could have to Periscope. And I have set it up, but it is now defunct. But you could tell it, it's similar to Periscope or Facebook Live or Twitter Live. Or, or YouTube, YouTube Live. Live. Yeah, yeah, or Twitch Live. But the mm -hmm. neat thing is it's their own, in a way, platform and community. I said that as a blogger since 2002, it's it's some kind of feeling, positive feeling like your very nice atmosphere. I have to agree with that. I found HAPS just through my curiosity to stay in touch with all of the various platforms that are out there. And also, might I add, HAPS is a free platform. All you need is either a phone or a laptop with a webcam and you're on. If you're brave enough to get in front of the camera, yeah. they're really looking <laughs> for users. So right now, and it, it, it's free and there's really not much advertising, if at all any. So it really like the old days of- Yeah, it is. Periscope surviving on the venture capital, I guess, until they'll, I guess, eventually they'll have to find some other ways, either by charging its users or charging for advertising to keep it going. But for now, it's pretty cool. And this is how I met you, Martin, by watching your broadcasts. Yeah. And I saw that you had mentioned uh, that uh, you were interested in producing a show on hemp, specifically hemp oil and the uses of hemp and industrial hemp. And this is something that I am quite passionate for. I've been uh, a cannabis advocate for more than 40 years. Mm. And, uh, a huge supporter of it and what's amazing to me that i've seen in my lifetime the end of prohibition and the legalization for the most part in many states in the united states where i live but also in other parts of the world and that's so different than the world that i grew up in and that i, I had to survive in when i was utilizing cannabis products 
And I, I can say, just to pivot to my own self-story, my use of cannabis products happened when I was quite young. When I was about 15 years old, this is about 1977, I was hit by a car on a bicycle and I was in a terrible accident. I had a double concussion. I was in a coma for about uh, two months. I totally shattered uh, my ankle on my left leg, completely shattered. And it was reconstructed and put back together. And I also had damage in other parts of my body and my head. And, and I recovered. I was young because I was at that age in my teenage years, but it was a pretty scary accident. I was in a lot of pain. I went through a long period of physical therapy to get back to being a, a young man and active person. That's 14, 15 years old. That's like a key time. And one of my friends from the neighborhood said, hey, why don't you try this? <laughs> it might help with the pain. <laughs> And it did. And as I got older and I moved into my more serious life of having a job and being successful and working for a corporation and being a father and having children and then moving on, I'm in my late 50s now. So that was a lifetime ago. I found that being under the effects of, of THC, which is it will affect your mind, it was very difficult if you had to actually do things. And then I found out that, wow, you can still get the benefits of the cannabis plant. But if you go to the sister plant, which is hemp rather than to marijuana. And, mm -hmm. and I was amazed at that when I learned about hemp oil and, and CBD and all the various cannabinoids that are extracted from that plant. And I still use them to this day for benefits such as anti-anxiety, for anti-inflammation, even for food. Hemp seed is delicious. Yeah. We, yeah. we put yeah. it on salads and smoothies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hemp protein. It's amazing. And that's without saying all of the other great products that are produced through hemp, like industrial building materials and paper and fabrics ropes. and yeah. yeah, ropes, smoke and rope. Yeah, clothing. But it's, yeah. I have a lot of a lot of history with hemp and with cannabis, N not abusive history, but I have a great respect for these products when they're used in the right ways. And I am a proud medicinal card carrying <laughs> consumer of these products yeah. for a reason, for a reason. Well, I can tell you that I had that accident more than 45 years ago. I'm still suffering from it to this day. While everything is pretty much healed, my ankle is a bit deformed. I walk with a little bit of a limp and it does hurt on rainy days. I have arthritis there and I can function as a normal being. And most people don't even realize this. Everybody has something, right? This was my yeah. big injury that I still manage to this day to some degree. And, and it hurts sometimes. I had, had an MRI. MRI of the area probably uh, about two years ago because of some pains I was experiencing. And I went to look and we did an x-ray and the doctor said, oh, we should take a closer look to see how you're doing there. And the doctor just shook his head and said, you shouldn't be walking. <laughs> you shouldn't be walking. But I do. I've completed four marathons. I've run thousands of miles. I don't run as much anymore, but I am a normal functioning person. I just don't get impacted by as much inflammation and pain. And I think some of that is not because of ibuprofen uh, or acetaminophen. It's through the use of, of CBD and cannabis. And, and sometimes even in the form of a, a liquid oil that I'll stick on, on my ankles, such as a solve or cream, that has been of great benefit to me. So that is my story, Martin. So how did you get started in all of this? Yeah, and that's what I would... Tell a little bit, uh, because I was planning to talk about my personal journey. I also said that in the trailer that I wanted to have a co-host in the future, and that came quicker than I have uh, uh, planned, and I'm very glad for that. So it's fun, what you don't know when you meet somebody online. 
So my, my plan, because here in Sweden, in Scandinavia and Europe, it's different in a way compared to America and North America. So I want to talk about that also, about the debate, about uh, legalization and where we are going, where we're heading, and a bit about all these stigmas, and also, but also learn about the differences. We have already now told a bit uh, about different acronyms <laughs> and uh, hard words uh, to spell out and so on. So we will probably come back to that. So I want to spread a good word and better ideas about this area. But my personal journey is through friends. Some have been using uh, marijuana products and others and hemp. And also when I came to college in America in 97 to 2000, there it was used pot. And I was thinking, why do they do that? And they asked why I didn't do it. And I said, I'm, I'm getting high on life, I said. But then I was a bit, I wonder, I mean, is it, how common is it? This story about this president that didn't inhale and so on. So I was thinking a bit about that. And then recently through this pandemic and other things, I was thinking if I maybe have a slight, how to say, effect or version of this PBPV. And it has to be your balance, vertigo. I was thinking if I had that. In Swedish it's called crystal uh, sickness but i heard about it that it could be very severe so i didn't have that but then i wondered could cbd oil could that help and uh, so that was one thing and also i've heard about the whole debate about legalization and the thc and where it's coming from and so on so i, I started to do some research and talk to some friends and i for example you, you said about this protein powder i had a friend that was exercising and lifting weights and he ate uh, like hemp, uh, like hearts, they call it, like almost like a cereal. So I got uh, in touch with that one also. So I've tested the CBD oil, CBN oil, that should be good for sleep, it says. And then also capsules and also snuff, not not regular stuff, but alternative to that. And also like skincare products with, with CBD. So in a way, I see four CVs. Do you know about aloe vera? You know, that was big back in the day. Now Not it's sure. almost in every everything from toothpaste to whatnot. So I, I think it's an interesting topic. So that's a bit, a little bit about my uh, backstory and personal story. And I want to you know, make a difference in one way or another. And together with you here, Adam, that could be like a dream team. So we'll see. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be very interesting talking to you, Martin, especially from your perspective. I know that you spent a lot of time here in the United States, so you have a good grounding on where I am and where I'm coming from. But I really appreciate that you are sitting in a place that is so far away. And I find that sometimes when I view from here, even though I try to broaden my perspective, I can only see what I see. Right. And and California is a bit of a wonderland. I, I, I wonder how things can be this way, but they are. Calif Californica and the yeah. Republic of Californica. It is, it is an amazing yeah. place. And yeah. we we really pay a lot of money to live here, but it is a beautiful place. And I'm, I'm grateful to be so fortunate to be here. But while I don't agree with everything that's here, I certainly have enough room around me that I can believe anything I want to and nobody bothers me. <laughs> Great. Uh, I look forward to meet you someday and also visit oh, uh, the, the left coast, so to speak. I, I studied the East Coast in New England and I've been working in the Midwest in Ohio. But uh, I haven't been on, on West Coast, so I look forward to that. But and that could be maybe a segue to the topic uh, a little bit. We will we will develop this show uh, as we go. But you you found an interesting article and your take about now when the industrial hemp production is really taking off or from being for many years. Uh, so you have found there an uh, hemp industrial daily about uh, the growers and the water and what's going on. So could you tell a little bit 
about that and we could have a well if you understand how hemp grows one of the great things about the hemp product is that it uses 33 percent of water that a normal crop say like corn would like a vegetable crop right requires a lot less water one third almond almond growers yeah yeah so we have almond growers here we have avocado growers we have blueberries strawberries but but this is anywhere 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 in the world whatever the crop is if it's a vegetable crop growing something like hemp which is more just big leaves and buds requires a lot less water it's also resistant to bugs it's resistant to drought to a degree you need water but you don't need as much water it's resistant to sun it's resistant to dust there's so many uh, places like an optimal plant then it really is. And yeah. if you look back in, through history, older history than our modern history, hemp was key for creating fabrics for sales and ropes and yeah. trade and shipping. Hemp was key. They Going would use that back fibers. to Columbus days also? Yeah, well, yes, that's right. So we're talking about the 17th, 18th century, even earlier. Hemp was key because it was such a fibrous plant that they could use it for all kinds of purposes, but mostly to make fabrics and ropes and binding and twines and all kinds of useful things that they could produce from this easy to grow crop, right? It was plentiful, it grew in any and everything. Also, many people don't understand this. Uh, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, we used to call hemp, and this is not the really fine cannabis, but the hemp, which is uh, very low in THC, very low psychoactive properties, but very plentiful. We called it ditch weed. And people mm-hmm. say, oh, you don't want to smoke that ditch weed. And why, why do you think they called this ditch weed? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, when in the 50s, when Eisenhower, I believe it was Eisenhower, the president decided the most important thing was to create an incredible infrastructure of highways to connect both sides of the country and also the train system. Everything was expanding post-war. How they kept the ditches from eroding, they would just throw hemp seeds down there and they would grow in the ditch and they would hold down the dirt and hold the form of of the ditch. And every year or so they'd come by and cut them and the seeds would fall and then they'd grow back and it kept all of the dirt in place for Mm. all those highways and uh, it was quite amazing that this incredibly useful plant will grow almost everywhere but it requires water even though it's a lot less water than a normal crop it still does and if you know anything about california and the west coast right now we've been in a drought period i think this is our second year of drought we had a good year about two three years ago and then right now we're back into extreme drought and it's becoming an issue because part of having any kind of industrial farm or industrial grow is you need water and water is expensive. It's one of the most expensive services to my house here is the water. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have salt water and yes, sometimes there's mountain runoff, but right now it is very dry. And as we're experiencing wildfires, if you go up north, it's just yeah. crazy up into Canada. It is impacting the ease of growth for many farmers who are creating industrial hemp here in the West Coast. Also, many don't know this, but you can imagine there are lots of pirate growing going on because as i explained to you hemp grows everywhere and anywhere Mm. so we have all of these public lands available out in the west big areas acreages big areas open areas where anyone can go basically the people own this land and Mm. and you can go camp out on it and go out there and do whatever you want you can't create a homestead there yeah Yeah, but you can hang out there and so people go out there and they plant cannabis (laughs) (laughs) and where they tend to plant them is like in at the head of an estuary or a waterway 
And what they're seeing is in some of the remote estuaries and waterways that start in our public lands, that growers, hemp growers, are putting their plants right there. So they get the water right at the source. But why that's an issue is that it pulls the rest of the water away from where it was going, which was for everybody else. Right. So we're seeing uh, kind of a, a pirate growths, pirate, pirate plantings taking the water away. And then when the water is delivered, it, there's less water. So the water becomes more expensive. Some farmers are even finding that water has become so uh, expensive. And I'm not talking about hemp farmers. I'm talking about all farmers that they're pulling out their crops because they can make more money selling their water rights. Mm-hmm. Right? They bought these rights <laughs> to have so much water from this natural estuary tributary to have the water for their farm and if they make more money on that water they'll sell the water to another farm it sounds like almost like the farmers in european union they they get more money from the handouts if they don't grow anything so (laughs) yeah yeah what was that movie with mel gibson and post-apocalyptic movie mad max right where they're all fighting over gasoline right in mad max a crazy movie it's a great great movie right it's like that though with water here water is the key right even if you have a a crop that can grow with 33 percent water than a normal crop you still need the water right and that's the most expensive part and and the power and the power you need power to move the water electricity the the grid But we have yeah. had some issues with also. So, so how how is it about irrigation then? I mean, like a country like Israel, that like uh, deserts and so on. They have uh, all kind of plants there because they have found uh, ways of doing uh, with the water. So, how, how so for we... us for irrigation, it's yeah. it's easy enough to put in the systems, right, and put in the pipes and put in the infrastructure. It's hard to get the water, and the reason why it's so hard is because it has to go such great distances. That's one of the unique things about the United States is we're a country on the edges, right? So all of the major cities are on the edges or right next to the major water features, such as the major rivers, like the Mississippi River. That's all the stuff that goes through the middle of the Great Lakes, right? Because we we require those to have ports to move products back and forth to create the industry for for these places to exist. So that's the reality and that you have these huge swatches of land that are just open and mountains and forests and moving the water like an aqueduct from the place where the water is to the place where the water isn't is just too expensive. The reality of water is water is heavy. It's really heavy. Right. So I know we recently closed one of the main pipelines coming from Alaska all the way through Canada into the United States, right? The Keystone pipeline. Well, imagine if that was water, right? Water is so heavy, it would cost even more. So with the infrastructure and the cost of moving water, by the time it gets to you, it's a very expensive product. Right. And that's the problem. And meanwhile, meanwhile, while we talk about the drought here on the West Coast, where there is so many Uh, farms and plantings of industrial hemp because the regulation is more open. When we get over to the East Coast, right now at this very moment, while we are recording this podcast, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire are under the hurricane. They've had more water this year than they can handle. There's record flooding. Be careful, my alumni fellow students there in New Hampshire and my co-host in Connecticut. So, yeah. And so that might raise the question, well, why can't you just take all that extra water from there and move it over to the West? Well, one, as a country, we don't get along very well from one side (laughs) to the other. States, it goes across. United States of America. Yeah, (laughs) each state is different. It's a state of mind, right? Right. So there's all this interstate 
commerce that would okay. be required. There's no federal aqueduct to get water yeah. across. Yeah. Moving the water is just too expensive. You'd either have to truck it across or build some kind of pipeline. The, the expanses between the cities are just too far okay. to make that possible. So each city has to have its own network. You can connect up a few cities that are near each other in the region, yeah. but you can't, you just can't move it. It's just too far to go. Yeah. You have and to go over the continental divide, which is like Colorado, Rocky mountains. Yeah. So generally everything on one side of the, the continental divide is connected. And then everything on the other is connected. And then there's even an, an expanse in the middle that's not as connected. I mean, if you look at a, you look at a wireless connectivity map, like from Verizon or one of our big providers like AT, T, you mm. can see how that is because the towers are where the power is mm. and the tower are where the people are. So when you see a gap in connectivity on those maps, there's nothing there. Mm. <laughs> there's just nothing there. So that's the problem is we couldn't wow. get the water there. It would take too long. It would cost too much, too much effort. Maybe in the future, we'll figure out a way to do it. But right now it's local and we have the equal problem on the East Coast. So on the East Coast, we have too much water. And when there's mm. too much water, the crop will suffer with disease and rot and bug infestation and the crop doesn't need that much water at all so mm. it does not do well in a swamp right it needs mm. a somewhat arid environment so it's a it's a tough year but will that affect the inventory probably not and i'll tell you why because there's a glut in the inventory right now there's so many products once you make hemp into oil i think the shelf life is like five or six years really they say two years on the package but mm. probably five or six years and there's been so much production of hemp product hemp oil cbd you go around cbds and everything it's it's like like low fat was 20 years ago. You mm. just put it on the box and people are going to buy it. So mm. there's all this oil that's out there uh, in the market and uh, some people aren't buying it. And the reason why they're not buying it is because if it has CBD on the label, it's a lot more expensive. It's mm -hmm. a, a lot more expensive because extracting the CBD is, is expensive still. Yeah. So there's a lot of issues at play. So certainly this year is not a great year for the farmers because the water, whether it be too much or too little, but also as I said, some of the farmers are pulling their crops up because it's more profitable just to sell the water rights. So uh, it's crazy days. It's crazy days. But that's where we are. Hmm. That's interesting. Thanks for this explanation. And I see the opportunity if we, if we have free, free minds and free markets, uh, it will find a solution for this. So, but I'm still, I mean, in a way, positive on how America have developed uh, during the years regarding this topic. So it would be fascinating if, for example, if we could talk in the future with some maybe industrial hemp uh, growers and maybe have plantations or people in the industry and so on. So Absolutely. I know you I have, have some contact, contacts. So. Yeah, I have contacts who are growers, contacts who are distributors, contacts who are sellers, contacts who are users, and we will definitely have guests in the future. I think right now we'll still have some conversations yep. as it takes some time to find the time to set up all those interviews, but we will. We will be bringing guests and hopefully we'll be able to go to some events as well to get the voice of the industry. We're just starting out, but there's so much to talk about. I mean, seeing how, at least in this country, hemp is such an important product it, is, it always has been and now it's just getting so interesting because it's kind of come out and it's been accepted as a mainstream product and it's useful in ways that um, might not be as obvious and so certainly we have cbd certainly we have cannabis and all of these other products but there's so many other derivative products that have come from this plant that are worth talking about in the pharmaceutical area in beauty in construction 
in food and nutrition. It's amazing. And it'll be really fun to explore that with you, Martin, and also get the perspective from your side of the world, which I think is also very interesting how much the same and how different it is in the, yep. in the same way, sense. Yeah, that's that's uh, very interesting because, I, as I said, I want to really, in a way, for laymen's out there, understand the legal things of it also and how different decisions have done through the years here. So where we are at now and what could happen in the future and also learn from the history. So again, when you talk about this rich history of uh, this plant, this natural plant, uh, hemp, it, it's very fascinating. So thanks again, Adam, for that. Do you have any... Uh, Ending things here, uh, call to action or some thoughts or... Uh, yeah, my call to action yeah. is if you've listened to this program this far, you might as well subscribe with whatever podcast catcher... You have to say program. follow now. Oh, follow, How, whatever because you want to call it. We are not premium yet, so you have to follow. Yeah, you have to follow. <laughs> and well, maybe in the future we'll do video on HAPS. For right now, this is an audio podcast yes. for your benefit to rest <laughs> your eyes so you can listen while you walk. But we really appreciate that you took the time uh, to, to listen to what we had to say. If, if you have any ideas for topics you'd like for us to unpack or explore, please do. And, and I look forward to my next conversation with you, Martin. What's your thinking on the timing of the show? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think the timing is, as you said, how long is a hemp rope? <laughs> it's depending on the, of, of the topic, of course, or if we have guests. But I think the timing is around this, around half an hour, if you have to ask me giving one time. And it could be good for commuters. It could be good when you maybe use some of the products uh, and doing other things, maybe walking the cat or growing your crops or whatnot. And also then we have to see the schedule. Uh, I have learned from my challenges and my struggles we were having on a regular basis. But we maybe start out here on a fortnightly basis of every two weeks. But as you said in our conversation, uh, but maybe it's getting more and more uh, interest and so on, on uh, maybe even every week. So that's what I have on my mind right now. So yeah. That sounds good. So you'll hear from us again in about two weeks, but as the show grows and becomes more popular and we are being hounded down by agents and television <laughs> contracts with commercial media, which we will say no to because we are both firmly planted in the world of being independent. Right on, yes, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. We, bump, we will talk five. more about that also, I think. The Absolutely. In the, in the That's right. And yeah. podcasting 2.0. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about that too, but it is, it is such a joy to connect with you, Martin. I know you've been doing this since the dawn of time as, as well as me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I pine for those days and I think we can bring it back. And I think this is a great topic to have those discussions around, but time to time we might take left turns or right turns, depending on how yeah. the wind blows yeah. uh, to discuss other topics as well. Yeah. And we could do a little ending. I was planning to do that maybe in solar show or some specific, but I want to, as you said, podcast 2.0 and how we could support all the individuals in this workflow and is in this supply chain. So I created through a contact on Fiverr or I commissioned it on the artwork, but I know you are very skilled in that and you found directly how to improve it. So we will have a new artwork for the show and we can do it even for every episode now and then when we have something we want to highlight because I got like comments that it's pretty piffy title of the podcast, High Five for Hemp. So yeah. Maybe High could, five for him. Maybe even turn out into a hashtag. You never know. Yeah, I like, or perhaps maybe H F four H. Yes, 
you are reading yeah. my mind. I will yeah, talk about, like about the comedian, a Danish comedian, some other time. How he, he played C three PO. Not somebody else. <laughs> yeah, great, Adam. So, and uh, thanks for listening, and uh, talk to you soon again. Thank you. Have a great day, Martin. You too. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.